Lord, it is by the power of your love that we are able to soar on wings like eagles. Teach us today what it means to live the power-packed life. In your name we pray, amen. God's peace to you, friends. Good to be with you this morning. Today we are beginning a brand new sermon series for the summer months, and it's based on the New Testament book of Romans, St. Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. Martin Luther encouraged people to read the book of Romans at least once a year. He said every Christian should read the book of Romans every year, and so Since this year, 2017, is the 500th anniversary of the Lutheran Reformation, perhaps it seems fitting that we would take these summer months and concentrate on the book of Romans. And so we're going to work our way through the book, major sections of it, Sunday by Sunday. And the series is entitled, A Power-Packed Life. We called it that because St. Paul, when he wrote this letter, uses the word power a number of times. And so this summer we're going to be exploring what it means to live a power-packed life. Of course, we all know how important electric power is to our everyday living, don't we? Uh, As the temperatures approach 120 or so later this week, we're all going to appreciate the fact that our electricity is powering our air conditioner units in our homes and our jobs. Electricity is something we rely on, isn't it? Uh, That was underscored clearly for us uh, uh, these last two weeks. You may know that my wife and I led a tour to Germany and Austria to the sites of the Lutheran Reformation. And we were in four different airports and there's, there's a phenomenon that I think is universal around the world at all airports. You've probably experienced this yourself. And when you go into an airport and you're waiting for your flight, everybody's surrounding the charging station, right? You're plugging in your charging unit to charge your cell phone or your electronic device, whatever it might be, because everybody needs power, power. Well, today and through the summer, we're going to be talking about power, another kind of power, the kind of power that God gives us, the power that we rely on more than electricity, a power that we need more than electricity. Our text this morning is from Romans chapter 1, and it's two verses out of the chapter, verses 16 and 17, and I'm going to ask you to read Uh, along with me. We'll do verse 16 first. Uh, And as we read this verse, notice what Paul says here about power. Please join me in verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. St. Paul, of course, when he wrote this letter, was writing in the New Testament language of Greek. And in the Greek language, when we come across the word gospel in English, the word that he used there is euangelion. wrote it in English letters for you, euangelion. Eu means good. Angelion means message or news, the good 
news. Within that word, you see the word angelion. We get the word angelos from that same word, or angel, which is a messenger, a message bringer. Angelion here is the message, the good message. Every time you see the word gospel, that's the word behind it. Now, you may be wondering, well, how in the world did we get this strange English word gospel? Where does that come from? Well, Back in the ancient days, in jolly old England, when you talked about the good news related to Jesus, you talked about telling the good spell. A spell is a story. The good spell. The good story about Jesus, your Savior. Good spell was condensed into the shorter word gospel, but it basically means the same thing as euangelion. Good news. Good message. The good story, the good story about Jesus dying on a cross, taking the punishment that we all deserve for our sins. The good story about Jesus rising from the dead to conquer the power of sin, death, hell, and Satan. The good story about Jesus accomplishing our salvation and giving it to us as a gift. And according to St. Paul, that story, that good news is the power of God unto salvation, the power to change people's hearts and lives. Now, he uses the word power here. And notice that the word power in Greek is the word dynamis. Dynamis. We get our English word dynamite from that word. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the euangelion, the good story, because it is the dynamis of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. He's saying that this gospel message, the good story about Jesus, has an inherent power in it to change hearts and lives from the inside out. The gospel message itself has a power to change the guilty to the forgiven. It changes those who are enslaved in sin and sets them free. It changes us from sinner to saint. It changes us from lost to found. It has that transforming power to it. And so the source of life-changing power we're going to see throughout the book of Romans, you see, is this good news of Jesus. Now we go on to verse 17. And verse 17 gives us the, uh, the greater insight into the content of the good news. What is the content of this good message? Please read with me verse 17. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Friends, it was these two verses, Romans 1, 16 and 17 from Romans, that Martin Luther was studying when he had what he called his tower experience. This experience took place in this building in Wittenberg, Germany. It's now called the Luther House. It's now the largest Reformation museum in the world. 
But it's where Luther lived, and it's where he had a study. The tower in the center is actually a spiral staircase. And on the second floor, just off the tower, was Martin Luther's study. And as he was preparing for his lectures as a professor at the University of Wittenberg, he was studying the Psalms, especially Psalm 32, and he was studying these two verses out of Romans. And he was wrestling with a phrase that kept coming up in the Bible again and again. The phrase was, the righteousness of God. And in his lack of understanding, when he initially read that phrase in Psalm 32, the righteousness of God, he thought that it meant the judgment of God upon sin and the sinner. He thought the righteousness of God was all about God's judgment on sin. And then he read Romans 1, 16 and 17. And the light bulb came on. He read these words, For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And the Holy Spirit used these words to bring an understanding to Martin Luther about what the righteousness of God really is all about. That it's not about his judgment his anger, but rather it is about Christ's righteousness, his perfection being given to the believer as a gift on account of one's faith in Jesus as his or her Savior. Martin Luther came to understand that through faith in Jesus, the believer stands righteous before God on account of one's faith in him. And wow, the light bulb finally came on for him. And I want you to listen to Luther's own explanation of this light coming on for him. He wrote this down a little bit later. You have the words on the screen. He said, At last, meditating day and night by the mercy of God, I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that through which the righteous live by a gift of God, namely, by faith. Here I felt as if I were entirely born again and had entered paradise itself through the gates that had been flung open. It was truly a powerful experience for Martin Luther himself. He had experienced the power of the good news, the gospel, personally. And that experience empowered his life. The gospel message empowered his work. It empowered his, his teaching as he was a professor of theology at the university. It empowered his preaching as he was a parish priest serving a congregation of worshipers. It empowered his writing as he then began to profusely write about what he was discovering in the Bible. And of course... It empowered the Reformation movement, and as they say, the rest is indeed history. But the source of his power was not himself. It wasn't something he dug up from within himself. The source of the power, you see, was the gospel, the good news about Jesus. So now we are asking, how do we live the power-packed life? Certainly Martin Luther did. How do we live the power-packed life. That's what we're going to be exploring all summer long as we dig more deeply into the entire book of Romans. 
But here's a few initial thoughts about living the power-packed life. First of all, we need to understand something that Martin Luther came to understand very clearly. We need to understand the distinction between the law and gospel. Let's clarify. The Bible has basically a twofold message to us from God. The first part of the message is the law of God, which is found both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The law portions of the Scripture lay out for us God's expectations of how we are to live. They're summarized most clearly in the Ten Commandments, but you find expectations in both the Old and New Testament. The law is limited in what it's able to do. It can only show us our sin. It can only show us our failings. It's like looking in a mirror and seeing our real self that we don't measure up to God's expectations. It convicts us of our sins, which it needs to do, and we need the law to do that for us so we don't get complacent in our sin. But the law cannot save anybody. No one gets to heaven by trying to keep God's commandments. No one. Because none of us can keep them perfectly. That's a dead-end road if that's what we're trying to do. The law serves a purpose, but it's limited. We need to understand that that then is different and distinct from the other part of the message of the Bible, and that is the good news of which we just spoke, the gospel. For the gospel alone shows us our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for us and accomplished our salvation at the cross. The gospel alone assures us of the forgiveness of our sins and comforts us when we recognize our own failings. It assures us that we are indeed God's forgiven children. The gospel alone is what saves the sinner. And the gospel also is the only thing that really motivates and empowers us then to want to live a godly life. And we do that no longer out of fear, no longer out of a sense of obligation, Rather, we do it as a joyful response to God's gracious gift of love to us in Jesus Christ. So it's important to live the power-packed life. We need to distinguish between the law and the gospel, and we need to live in the gospel. You know, I think there are some people, their whole life is defined by the law. They live under the law. They're very legalistic in the way they do everything and legalistic in their approach to other people. But we need to live in the gospel. Yes, we appreciate the law, but we let the gospel define who we are. We are God's forgiven, loved children. What that means, secondly, then, is that we need to plug into the gospel daily. You know, when we were in those airports, if we wanted our phones charged, we couldn't just think about charging them. We need to actually plug in, and that worked. And yet, very often, we... We take the gospel for granted. We might even think about it a little bit, but we never plug into it. We need to plug into the gospel daily in a number of ways. We plug in by opening this book and reading it regularly because we need to be reminded daily that we are forgiven in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we sin every day. We need that gospel reminder Secondly, we plug into the gospel by reminding ourselves every day that we are baptized children of God. Baptism is a visible, tangible form of the gospel. And every day as we confess our sins to God, we need to remind ourselves 
yes, I am baptized. And that means I'm washed clean. I'm a child of God. I drown the old Adam in me and I rise anew, a brand new creation in Christ every day. We need that daily reminder. And then whenever it's available, we need to plug into the gospel by partaking of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is the gospel in a visible, physical, tangible, edible form where Christ gives us His very body and blood present in a miraculous way within the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of our sins. And we need to partake of that. Why have a source of power if we never plug into it? And then that leads us to a a final point. That is that we need to share this gospel message with other people. It's intended to be shared because it changes people's lives. You know, the gospel message and the gospel power was never meant to be something that we keep to ourselves. I mean, just imagine this for a moment. What if Martin Luther, after having his tower experience of the gospel, never told anybody about it? What if he never taught his students about the gospel? What if he never preached about it? What if he never wrote about it but kept it to himself? We might all be living in deep spiritual darkness today. But he shared it because good, good news is always meant to be shared. It's a story to be told. It's your story and my story and we need to tell that story with whomever will listen. For at the heart of this message, at the heart of this story, is a Savior who loves people enough to die for them. You see, ultimately, friends, it's all about the cross. It's all about a Savior who gives His life for you and for me. And that's the message that people need. A Savior crucified and risen for us. You know, I've I just become convinced more and more that this is the message the world needs, the message of the cross. In all the different places we went in Germany and Austria, it became pretty obvious there are very few people that actually go to worship at churches on Sunday mornings. Europe needs a spiritual renewal. It needs the gospel message. But I don't have to just look at Europe. I can look around our own community, my own neighborhood, and see the need. This is the message that our community needs today. It's the message that our nation needs today, that God loves people enough to give His Son to die on a cross to forgive sins. That simple message is something you and I need to share. It's the message that transforms lives because it has this dynamic power within it. It's the message that finally leads people all the way to heaven. The power is in the message. And you have that power. So my question is, how will you live the power-packed life? Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and His message of love. Amen.